Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Triangle of Fans. I'm Monish and as always I have Nishant here with me as we look to discuss all the off-season rumors, media rumors, trade negotiations or even wishful deals that we would like to go through. On today's episode, we'll talk about the best player in the league, Giannis. He should have won, he's won the MVP twice, he should have won the championship at least once but that does not seem to happen in Milwaukee. Will he stay or will he go? We'll also have our segment of stay or move with two interesting picks. All that is more in today's episode. Hey Nishant, what's up? Hey, um, I'm looking forward to the Milwaukee part of the discussion. I think every, everything else uh, is going to be basketball focused. Uh, the Milwaukee uh-huh. part will have quite a lot of scope for comedy. So it kind of... It, let's, uh, let's jump right into it then. Let's go. The biggest question during this offseason, I would say, is Yanis, right? And what is he going to do? And if he's going to stay, if he's going to sign an extension, uh, is he going to forego the Supermax contract, which will, which is quite a lot of money, just looking to go to a bigger club? That's a real... I think that's... If AD was not a sure shot Lakers re-signing, I think this is the biggest question of the offseason. Unlike last season, where you had so many agents, so many players, free agents, and so many players moving around. Like you had Kawhi moving around, you had... KD moving around, you had Westbrook, PG and everyone moved around. This year, I think that the number is limited to say Yanis, and that's pretty much what everyone's looking at. What is going to happen in Milwaukee and with Yanis? I wouldn't put it past him to move this season itself uh, if it weren't for the fact that he, he's actually gone out of his way to try and give assurances to everyone that he's staying, at least for this season. And Milwaukee are on the clock, right? So either they get him to sign a Supermax now um, and then and then it becomes just that little bit harder for teams to trade for him and, and try and fit him into their salary cap. Not not too much, but it'll push some teams into luxury and so on. But if they can't do that, then then the Bucks are risking it all, really, because at the end of this year, he runs out of a contract. And if they've not signed the super contract, uh, super max, he can walk. Giannis can walk as a free agent and they get nothing for him. So I don't think the dilemma is Giannis is alone. It's also at some level, Milwaukee, are you, are you confident you can build around him? Or are you confident you can give him the assurance that you'll build around him and get him to sign that Supermax? Either way, you're fine. Getting to sign that Supermax, that's the best case scenario. Taking a gamble, uh, saying we're confident we can build a team around him and win the chip this year, or at least make the finals this year. Okay, but now we're gambling. Because making the finals has a whole uh, bunch of variables that, that aren't just limited to getting the right team together. And if they gamble, they lose. So the third option then is trade him and get a whole world of players and draft picks and, and so on in return. I'll be more interested in how Milwaukee play this than how Giannis plays this. Uh, because he's got he's got the most options of anyone in this situation. He can stay big money, supermax. He can stay for a year if the chip is the priority. See how it goes. And then as a free agent, again, he has a whole league basically. Um, looking to sign him and he can take his pick or it all works out and they win right so he he's the one with the most number of options here it's, it's milwaukee where they have choices but there's not a single easy easy one so it'll be interesting to see how it goes i i think the most likely outcome would be that he stays this season plays mm-hmm. it out uh, i doubt he'll sign the supermax i'll be very surprised and it'll it'll be a whole different level of loyalty that that you don't see in the modern modern era mm-hmm. and this is in any sport the, the whole notion of 
one club till i die loyalty to one club all of these things and i know fans live and die by it and we need to for the longest time but when you think about it these are all owner created garbage right as a player you have 15 16 years at max to earn all your money and then who knows what you'll do after retirement and whether you'll have opportunities to earn that again and th- this whole idea of go for glory give up your payday stay loyal to one club why when do you do you get the same level of loyalty in return from the club would you mm-hmm. not be traded at the drop of a hat if they found someone better or if if they felt like you don't fit into the plans anymore so this, all of this is is typical good old it's it's like back in the day the industrial revolution this is how factory owners kept workers in check and kind of kept unions at bay feels a whole lot like that so if you if you want to go for a payday god bless him take that supermax chill yes you'll lose out on on some legacy if you don't win but that's a trade off and you know what you're doing so for him again it all boils down to way too many choices for him i think milwaukee really have to figure out uh, whether they want to gamble are they confident they'll retain him and if yes then then just get that supermax done or if they if they want to put it all on the line go all in then they've got to make the finals this year so i'd make a lot of squad moves you actually broke it down pretty well you gave us three options to talk about right let's let's take a look at all those three probabilities uh, let's say first time uh, first option he stays this year and let's see how it plays out so now, now for him to stay this year milwaukee have to go to make a lot of trades and get players in who can win them that chip or at least put them in contention right you can't go to the conference semis and lose out against miami you can't go to the finals and lose out against kawhi leonard's raptors and stuff like that not for the third time in a not for the third time in a row so you really need to go out and get some players who can enable that chip winning mentality who are the players out there who can do that and i know we discussed this a few times in the past chris paul yes that would definitely be one option and i think that's a really really good trade okc are looking to i mean he's looking to mode of okc let's put it that way and he and why would he not want to move to milwaukee where they're real contenders and with him they'll be even more stronger chris paul is a very viable option you think oh yeah yeah he's reliable of course he's reliable if he's proven anything by this stage of his career it's that he's reliable and th- this is a situation that works out best for everyone because chris paul i don't think has as much to prove by staying in okc they're in a rebuild mode so he's not really going to get any legacy opportunities there and the club don't want him either because they can free up a lot of cap space by letting him go and and really start that rebuild rebuilding with chris paul is not an option he's already 35 so so unless you're going for the chip what do you do with chris paul really so the okc don't need him he probably has no incentive to stay he's a free agent he can walk why it works for bucks or let's say any other team that can really use chris paul is you don't give up anything to sign the guy as long as you have cap space you're good because it's a free agent signing why does it work for the bucks multiple reasons so what's the biggest hole they've got to plug right now and it's not shooters it's not the ability to get your own shot although all of those things would be a plus their biggest problem is they don't have enough players that can perform in the clutch and i don't mean the last 2 minutes of the game i mean fourth quarters of close out games i mean games where the series is tied 2-2 and somebody is looking to get ahead and where a win would mean a huge psychological advantage they don't have p- uh, players outside of yanis who can grab the game by the scruff of its neck and flip it around they just don't middleton's not that guy bledsoe was never that guy uh, brook lopez etc these these are all going to be great support pieces but they're not uh, they're not going to 
take control of too many games and and influence outcomes so you need that guy a and that's chris paul he's one of the best finishers in the league and he can both create and score uh, without without needing somebody to create for him so that's a priceless addition but in chris paul you're also getting really a, a more high caliber play quality rondo because it's the leadership it's the iq it's the ability to it's that confidence that you have in in your high iq uh, floor general that if this guys on the floor and we know we have a competent team there's no way another team gets four wins on us before we get four wins on them and it's really as simple as that and this is the oldest cliche in basketball right playoffs are all about getting four wins before the other team gets four wins on you and and with chris paul the odds just get heavily skewed in your favor as long as you have a competent team even with an incompetent team he, he made them look so good in in several cities so mm-hmm. for me chris paul to milwaukee is the most ideal trade i have seen way too many breakdown analysis of chris paul to the lakers it makes zero sense neither for chris paul nor for the lakers not at this stage that should have happened in 2012 but right now i think it's it's the it's the greatest match chris paul going to to the bucks um the cap space that's a that's an interesting thing as to how they can they can fit him in because middleton's on one of those uh, big payday contracts he's there tobias harris though he performs yeah. a whole lot better yeah uh, he's there tobias harris middleton is guaranteed uh, 137 million dollars all the way through to the 2023 24 season including in the 2023 season he's going to get paid 40 million upwards He's mm-hmm. right now on on thirty or thirty three million. Next season, I think he's due thirty three million. So not only have they locked themselves in there, they've also created a situation where it it's going to be tough to trade Middleton with that contract. You can do it. There will be teams, but what do you get in return? There will be none of those elite teams with elite players that that will be willing to take on this guy for that money. Yeah. So they've kind of locked themselves in there. That's another angle for the supermax because then with Middleton and Giannis's contracts, that's a whole lot of money locked in, and yeah. you can do that with a Kawhi and a Paul George. You can do that with a Kyrie and KD or a LeBron and AD. Do you want to do that with Giannis? Is fine. Do you want to do that with Middleton? Is the question. So they're they're in a bit of a spot there. Uh, but I'd still I'd still go for broke. get whatever it takes to uh, get a chip or even go to the finals and chris paul would be a huge addition in that direction and then see what you can do next year maybe trade around if you can trade middleton around now do it but if if not next year all right so be it and i think that's key right i mean uh, you got to get yanis trust that the chip is the ultimate priority and they kind of didn't show that last time uh, last year when they traded off uh, malcolm brogdon he could have he would have been a valuable addition uh, this season if they had him in that playoffs against miami but they found that player was missing bledsoe missed the game even when he played he was not really shooting more than 8 9 points he was not averaging more than 8 9 yanis missed the rest of the series and they got knocked out second consecutive disappointing season i would say regardless of how far they went because unless you're going to make it to the nba finals i think it's going to be disappointing with a, for a team that has yanis but uh, let's let's think about this if not chris paul who else is available that uh, that would bolster the bucks to uh final rondo uh-huh. i think rondo is uh, he has exercised that option already right so he's a free agent we know this um, so his options are really resign with the lakers or who else is up and at this stage of his career i'm sure he he is having already won a championship now being a defending champ i think he has at least that much clout that he can say 
I want to go to a contender at least, if not a sure mm-hmm. shot champion. Uh, and the, and it's fine if him being added to that team makes them a contender or a champion, but he he wants to be in championship contention. I think that mm-hmm. would be a fair assumption. Uh, the second assumption, and and this is is validated by the fact that he exercised that player option, mm-hmm. is he wants to get paid. Rondo after that injury, after that horror injury, he himself said he never came back and he was never the same player after that. And he, he paid the price in in salary. He paid the price because he bounced around a lot. Bunch of clubs never really got paid. Uh, got paid like veteran minimums at most places. Um, three million, three point five was it last last year, and I think even the year before that. So now, now as the defending champ, having shown us playoff Rondo again, it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect a good payday towards the end of his career, right? So there's these are the two considerations that I that I think are on his mind, and then that limits the options because payday. There's a lot of clubs that can that can offer you. That kind of money, like the like the Pelicans can can offer you that, and wouldn't they love to have your your leadership around coming off the bench with all of those young guys? Yeah. But if you're going to filter down to only contenders or teams that should be contenders, then you're looking at Brooklyn, but they don't need you. You're looking at mm-hmm. Miami, but they don't need you. You're looking at a bunch of other teams, but let's not run through the whole list now. But let's look at the teams that do need either a guard. Of his caliber, or really a mentor and and a leader and a high IQ guy of his caliber. Milwaukee need both. Milwaukee need both. So he'd be a good fit there. He'd be a good fit in the Lakers, of course, if he could just you know resume his place. But also the Clippers. And I think where can he make more impact? Uh, who like who would benefit the most from getting Rondo among these three? I think the Lakers would be the least of the lot because mm-hmm. they're entirely running through LeBron and and AD. And even without Rondo, you still have. Uh, some some basketball IQ there and some pretty amazing decision making. True. Who would benefit the most? Probably the Clippers because they're the closest to winning a title and all they need is that one little thing to get them over the hump. Yeah. But I'd put Milwaukee right there, right next to them. If they can get Rondo, I think that'll be a huge plus. Um, I think it'll also help them get better with decision making, get get smarter in their moves towards the fourth quarter. He doesn't even need to start for them. He needs to be there and he needs to come off the bench and he'll he'll achieve quite a bit there. So that's the alternative. If it's not Chris Paul, it's Rondo. And it's funny because both of them came into the league. They were neck and neck. For the longest time, the debate was who's the better point guard? Is it Chris Paul? Is it Rondo? Or is it uh, Darren Williams? I think was the other guy in the conversation. But but these two lasted the distance. And Darren Williams prioritized money, chose a big payday. He basically did a Kamala Anthony and disappeared. For the longest time, it was neck and neck, and Rondo has two chips. Chris Paul has none. So yeah. for the Bucks, I think Chris Paul would be the priority. Rondo would be the backup option. For Chris Paul, if anything, he should do everything he can to get ahead of Rondo and and snatch <laughs> that that Bucks job because that's that's possibly a chip waiting to happen. If not this season, then the next for sure. Okay. Uh, what about if Giannis decides to move? Then who are the teams that we are talking about? Because uh, from Milwaukee's point of view. It's going to be really difficult. You're not going to reach the heights that you had with Giannis, but it's not. You've seen teams rebuild, right? I mean, OKC did really well after trading out Paul George this year, and they went. They gave Houston Rockets a run for their money. You saw the Pelicans; they got Zion Williamson and they picked up Brandon Ingram, the most improved player, and they did pretty well. Uh, they didn't really make the playoffs, but they are a threat now going forward. So it's even, not, uh, even like, Cleveland the first time around when LeBron first yeah. left, they got Kyrie and they rebuilt and then yeah, eventually they got LeBron back. So hey, it, yeah, it's, it's a long process, but yeah. it's not it's not the end of Milwaukee if Giannis decides to walk out, right? In so, this context, don't say the process. 
<laughs> yes, but uh, but if Giannis decides to walk out, which are the teams that can actually afford him, and what are they willing to give away to get him? I mean, everyone would be willing to move worlds to get him, of course. But uh, what are the realistic options there? If he's moving, he's going for the chip, right? Obviously, otherwise, why yeah. would you want to move? You have everything in Milwaukee. If you're moving, you're going for the chip, or uh, you know, like, like some people that move to LA or New York, there's also business considerations. Mm-hmm. But if that's your angle. If if the chip is the consideration, that again that limits the options. That boils yeah. it down to to a fair few teams, and what are you going to do there? Houston actually, not a lot of people talk about this. Houston can if they're mm-hmm. willing to give up Westbrook, go for. Uh, if they're willing to give up Harden, God bless that organization just shut it down. But if they're willing to give up Westbrook, I think that's that's something they can they can try and put together uh, a deal there. But then I think they'll have to give up a lot to get Giannis. So again, it might not be an immediate chip squad. Maybe a year is what it would take. Mm-hmm. But that's a legit option on paper. Except Harden and Giannis hate each other, so mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work. So that's probably not <laughs> not not on the cards. I think the the most ready fit, the most guaranteed chip fit. Is easily and and by light years the Golden State Warriors. If Giannis is on that team, it, it's it's over. Like it's it's KD all over again. Like I said, there's there's really no point even playing the league after that if Giannis joins that team. Yeah. Because just defensively, let's forget the offense. Just defensively, he adds so much more. Mm-hmm. And then in the playoffs, he's an unstoppable beast to contain Giannis. You to win any game against Giannis, you've got to contain Giannis. To contain Giannis, yeah. you need to commit minimum of two defenders, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. What is his biggest problem in Milwaukee? He'll kick the ball out when he's overpowered and overwhelmed by two, three defenders. He'll kick the ball out, and then nobody's going to make a shot. Yeah, the best shooting option is probably Eric Bledsoe in clutch moments. Uh, sorry, uh, Brook Lopez <laughs> in clutch moments, and everyone yeah. else is breaks it. Right, <laughs> so. Now imagine an unstoppable Giannis in the Golden State, dunking on everyone, scoring points for fun until the defense says, "All right, this is the playoffs. We need to clamp it down, shut him down." So they commit two, three defenders. What do you do as Giannis? You look around for a passing option to kick it to. Is there a player on that team that misses threes? I mean, it, it's the most loaded three shooting unit, including the two greatest three shooters the game has ever seen. So. It's a match made in heaven, and and also from a longevity perspective, Giannis is 25, so he's got a whole career ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Stephen Clay are both in their 30s. Over time, two two maybe three seasons, they're going to start waning. They'll still be pretty valuable, but not the starting powerhouses that they are right now. Puts Giannis firmly in in the front seat in a great city with pretty good sunlight, <laughs> warm mm-hmm. weather. And and a franchise that's that's really on the rise. Uh, it's this generation's Lakers. Like the Lakers once were challenging the Celtics, it's really the Golden State that's that's on the up right now. And it's a, it's a good place to be if you want to build a legacy. So that's that's mm-hmm. the most ready-made fit for me. Miami Heat. There are other options, but does uh, do, do Miami want to give up Jimmy Butler? I don't know. Other teams would have to give up something or disturb something that's already working. I think the yeah. Golden State need to get back to to get it working again. Although it wasn't that long ago that they were in the finals, but they lost KD since then. So right. I think Golden State would would love to have him, and I think he should, uh, if he's going to move, move to the to the Warriors. It's a straight guaranteed chip, and in the long term, it's not a small small business city franchise. It's a franchise that's worth a lot, and he's going to be the face of it for years to come. So it just makes sense from every angle. 
the third option is actually the most interesting i feel because uh, you stay for one year but you make you talk to the other teams and you know that where you're going next year right i mean it's kind of a done it's kind of an open secret you could say but the teams who are, who can afford him next year would not be making bunch of deals this year so that they can afford him next year one of those teams is the dallas mavericks whom we'll be talking about in a bit toronto raptors they have this whole thing with fred van fleet if they're going to get yanis next year they wouldn't be renewing his contract same thing with miami heat if they want to get him they would not be probably not be renewing adebayo so will teams take that option and risk their present in hopes of getting yanis in the future uh, some would and they should if they don't believe that their current team is enough to to win the chip and there's no real logical add on to this team other than to make a drastic change and and bring in somebody like yanis if you are in that situation yeah you should um like toronto should they they mm-hmm. it's a good team but it's not winning the chip anytime soon they they lack that superstar 25 30 points a game in the playoffs kind of guy they don't have that now they have a problem though toronto is valuable right now because of all of the pieces that they have including mm-hmm. fred van fleet including kyle lowry mm-hmm. who is getting old by the way and and siakam and everyone else that's there their defense is aging a lot of their bigs are aging they're not going to get any younger next season so that drops their uh, level of attraction to a certain level, a certain degree and then van fleet if you are trying to bring in yanis you can't really renew van fleet and van fleet will look for a big payday so you can't renew van fleet if you let him go are they still the same attractive option that they were with van fleet i don't think so so that's a bit of a catch 22 for toronto i i don't see the yanis thing working out very well and if you if you are yanis and you are already leaving a small market team why why would you go waste your time in toronto again like it doesn't make sense they stay in milwaukee right so so it it really boils down to there'll be a whole bunch of teams that would like to have him but how many can actually do it and how many can wait it out till next season to do it dallas makes a lot of sense of, of all the teams outside of the warriors and the heat that can use yanis dallas makes a lot of sense but they'd basically be going the other way and saying they don't see themselves going the distance with posingis so they want to swap him out for yanis yeah there's no way they get unless it's free agency in which case god bless the league because if it's if it's luka yanis and porzingis and uh-huh. and they're all fit that's that's a chip that's that's a guaranteed chip and this is luka a year from now so he'll have another full season under him he's a, he's already a big problem give him another full seasons worth of learning and maturity and it's just going to be overwhelming he's a runaway mvp contender favorite if, if not right. of course you know, so for next season so So I think Mav Mavs as you pointed out are probably the best in line if not the Warriors to get this guy the only thing as Giannis the only thing he should or maybe probably is a little concerned about is who gets the limelight right in Dallas because it's a bit mm-hmm. of a shared space Luka's even younger than him yeah uh, posing is as young too so they're all going to last the distance so this is one of those dream scenario we can build a franchise dynasty for years to come but but it will be some amount of shared credit Mm-hmm. and they'll probably cancel each other out in the mvp race uh, like lebron and ad right but in golden state and the only reason i keep pushing golden state is it's it's almost a guaranteed immediate chip and in the years to come it will eventually become his team he'll be the guy and they'll build around him in the mavs you can kind of go either way with luka and and yanis yeah. yeah right so this is a bit of like ad going you to the lakers see, because either, after lebron he's the face of the franchise and that's a huge yeah. attraction in a franchise like that 
Golden State would have a similar rationale for for Giannis. Yeah, I was saying you can't see Luca or Giannis being the number two in a team because both are absolute superstars. Uh, Miami, you think, have a chance to get him? Like Giannis takes his talent to South Beach? They do. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. But I don't think they're going to give up on Bam. No way they give up on Bam. Um, so then, really, the only way you fit in Giannis is giving up Jimmy Butler. Is that something right. they want to do? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really. That I sure. I don't think they should shake up their. Yeah, and I don't just, think they should shake up what they have right now. Right, exactly, exactly. That's that's the other angle, right? Do you really want to disturb what you have going? I don't think Miami should. They just made the finals. I mean, come on, they made the yeah. finals next year. It's going to be the same set of talented players that already made the finals, except a lot of them are not going to be rookies anymore. They'll have a year more of experience, some more maturity, and they're a couple of moves away from being contenders themselves. So why why would they why would they want to shake things up? Why fix something that's not broken, right? They need a good big. They need one one high quality big that can fit into their system of defensive hustle and three shooting and all of that. And if they can get that, they're they're a very strong contender contender themselves. They don't need Giannis right now. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense on paper, but uh, it'll be it'll be tough to to see them make the move next season in free agency. Maybe they'll have a better shot than right now with their trade. Uh, but they they'd still have to compromise on one piece at least. Like they'll have to play Bam at the five. Uh, to fit in Giannis because Butler plays the three, so then Giannis really has to play the four. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's willing to do that because, like AD started off as a center, right? But over the course of his career, he he preferred more and more to play the four than the five because it preserves his body better, it's just less clanging and banging against yeah. seven foot giants. And with Giannis, it's again the same thing. Uh, he he takes enough physical abuse as it is. Does he really want to play the four for years to come in Miami? Because that's really mm-hmm. the only place they can play him. Because they can play him at the three, but then that means Butler sitting out or Butler is playing out of position at the four, which makes no sense. So it's a bit of a fit conundrum also with with Miami. So I, it sounds good in theory, uh, great fit culture wise, but it it just there's too many parts that need to be moved. And if you are Miami, why would you disturb something that's working? Of course, that's going to be a long drawn saga over the rest of this off season and probably the rest of the season as well, because you never know what's happening there until it happens. And before we wrap up this episode, we'll do our stay or move segment, and I have two players for you. One is a not so popular Aaron Baines, but if you read a lot of the articles, uh, he's being linked to a lot of teams that would actually view him as essential because he's a big guy, six foot ten. Did pretty well last season. I would say pretty okay. I would say not really. Didn't really shake the world. Aaron Baines. What do you What do you have to say about this guy? I think he'll be. He's not a superstar by any stretch, but I think he'll be a valuable addition to any team. That let me put it mildly. They just need a big. They don't need mm-hmm. a big that will change their fortunes. They need a big. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how many teams don't have one at all. Yeah. And how many teams paid a price for not having one? Surprisingly, the Clippers I think could use. Could use a, mm-hmm. a quality big because Montrez Harrell is is all hustle. He's another Draymond Green, except he isn't that level. So great player to have off the bench, but you need a starting big guy. And Zubac, as good as he is on a championship team, not gonna happen. Not unless mm-hmm. they really beef up some of the other positions. So for the Clippers, it would make a lot of sense. That's one. Boston Celtics would love to have a big because, yeah. like we discussed yesterday, they have Cantor and and Dominic Thice. Uh, great for players tribune articles and and uh, showtime documentaries but not for basketball so they could use a big and and they could use some of that size easily because they were hard done by without one 
and these are the uh, are the kind of teams that would go for for an Aaron Baines type where they need a big but they also have some other opportunities to improve or add or build or replace so they don't want to overcome it to a big but this gives them like a decent budget the uh, mid quality average player and then they can go get the guy that they really want so uh, for Celtics it could just be that they get him in and they feel confident that they can make a run again and run back yeah um, for some other teams like Clippers they're looking to bolster some other positions also not necessarily superstars but experience some some good players here and there and this is this is one of those Alright, let's plug the hole for now with with Baines and let's really focus on what we need, which is leadership and a shooter or, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there are a fair few teams that that can go for it. I think the Celtics would probably lead the race. Um, they'd probably want him the most, and Clippers I think should get him. But I haven't heard anything about Clippers looking out for a big. I don't think they see it the way the way we do and the way a lot of others do. So I mean, they have they seem to have their own plan. But any team really that can use a big to to plug an opportunity to plug a hole can can take him. I won't even put past Miami because Bam Adebayo, as good as he is, he is not really a traditional big, and and you would want to preserve him and play him at the four to really get the best out of him. He can defend well at the four, and he can go at the other end and score. I didn't mm-hmm. mean for that to rhyme. So Baines would be a a decent decent addition there. It'll be interesting to see, but it's not really a marquee move. it's a move that he could potentially go to a championship contender and not be the main guy but but yeah. plug at least one hole for them exactly okay uh, celtics was something that i was uh, looking at as well so yeah that glad that uh, linked up well the second guy is actually an interesting and this was a totally random uh, tweet that i came across linking demar de rosen to to two teams milwaukee bucks and brooklyn nets First of all, why would you link him to uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Because you already have Giannis who can't shoot the three. Why would you need someone who does exactly the same at a very lower level? Brooklyn Nets, I still think it's okay because they have KD and Kyrie, and you don't really need to worry about the three. And Demar Derozan, of course, is a good player. What do you have to say about that? And he's a free agent with a player option. Correct. I I don't think it makes sense for Brooklyn either. So Milwaukee, like you said, they already have Giannis who doesn't shoot the three. Why do you want to add one more in this in this era? to have two out of your starting five and derozan is absolutely a starter wherever he goes uh, two of your starting five don't shoot the three is not really a great great omen and then when you get to the playoffs four of your starting five don't shoot the three because suddenly middleton and bledso become uh, they drop to my playing level of basketball and i don't play basketball very well and, and really brook lopez is their best three point shooter think about it so no it doesn't make sense for milwaukee at all why would you waste a slot on on really a dying breed in derozan who's who's an amazing player great mid-range game in his younger days explosive athleticism but now it's his breed is dying and you really mm-hmm. have to be as good as jimmy butler to be a mid-range specialist and be valuable to a championship contender derozan is not that he's not the two-way player that butler is even if he can somehow compete on offense he's not the two-way player that butler is mm-hmm. and same goes for kawai who also by the way is decent from 3 and these are yeah. the only two kind of mid range specialists that are considered elite in the game today derozan's not that so doesn't make sense to go to milwaukee or any of those those teams that need that need shooters and they need they need people who can pull up and decide games brooklyn makes even less sense for me actually because mm-hmm. the position that derozan plays and he's into his 30s now if you're going to play derozan just play dinwiddy you already have someone who's younger yeah. who plays the same position shoots better from 3 and can give you the same points per game averages derozan if not more 
defensively mm-hmm. neither of them are beasts exactly so so when you have dinwiddie why why in the world would you want derozan unless there's financial considerations unless you get to save some some space but brooklyn is saving space for what who, who are they going to bring in exactly they have an embarrassment of riches it's just about mm-hmm. figuring out a way to to get them to play together so brooklyn makes even less sense to me the only teams that should look to trade for derozan or should look to acquire derozan are teams where they could use somebody at his position and they don't mind someone that can't shoot the three because that's the biggest asterisk with mm-hmm. derozan can't really think of too many teams that would want to go that uh, in that direction right now at this stage of their uh, at this stage of evolution in basketball where the three point shot has become everything where centers shoot threes now yeah. derozan's not a great fit and it's he's not an easily tradable asset unfortunately in today's game All right. Uh, looks like uh, Spurs is the best fit for him. Then, and I think you should just resign that contract and stay there. I think he has a thing going there. Uh, it's a good, uh, good team with a good culture, and they make the playoffs very often. So yeah, I mean, it's gonna be any... tough this season with the stacked Western Conference, but uh, not a bad team to stay in. Yeah, man. I mean, if if anyone can make his mid range game work, it's it's Pop and that whole small ball rotation uh, mm-hmm. mechanics thing that he has he has going on. I just. something just hit me by the way we've been talking about yanis and <clears throat> milwaukee and contracts and all of that mhm uh chris middleton gets paid about 20% more than yanis right now right now like for the past season and for the coming season unless yanis signs that mm-hmm. supermax yeah. chris middleton's going to make actually the coming season he's going to make more he's going to make nearly 30% more than yanis and last season he made 25% more is this one of those weird things that happen in small time windows where one guy has already signed a contract and the other is looking out for a bigger payday and he is holding out but that, that's just the most laughable thing ever that happens and that's the way it works but uh, like i say like i say always it's always nice talking these rumors out and the probabilities uh, we'll get together soon to talk about other teams and other players that might look to make some moves in the soft season until then see you all right man take care